Hello, and welcome to the Primary View, Reorg's regular podcast on the fixed income markets. I am Seth Brumby, Deputy Managing Editor of Municipals at Reorg. Joining me today is Yafa Ratner. She is Senior Managing Director and Head of Municipal Credit at Hilltop Securities. Wanted to take a look at a number of things today, and we'll go through them quickly. Uh, but first, we saw some estimates come in from market performance last year. And let's just say that it looks pretty terrible. Um, Yafa, what is your take on just the broad strokes for how the market performed? Good afternoon, Seth, and thank you so much for having me uh, as a part of your podcast today. I couldn't agree more. The municipal market in 2022 was dominated by interest rate increases, credit spread widening, and negative outflows. And if that wasn't sufficient, we saw a year-over-year decline in new issuance volume of about 17%. I would think it's safe to say that most uh, municipal participants, including uh, traders, underwriters, and bankers, are happy to see 2022 in a rearview mirror. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I saw some preliminary estimates from Dan Berger over at Refinitiv. And it looks like we had about 120 billion of outflows in 2022, which is an amazing turn of event um, when we had almost 100 billion of inflows in 2021. And 2021 was a banner year for high yield. Um, What did we see in terms of issuance, at least on the high yield side in 2022? Were there any highlights or was it pretty bad news all around? So you're exactly right. I mean, the outflows for 2022 approximated a uh, about $118 billion. But now let's peel back the layer of that onion because the actual high yield outflows uh, were down $19.8 billion. And that reflects about $119 billion of assets under management. So the high yield funds were hit by about a 17% reduction uh, in funds under management. And basically what this meant was High-yield traditional mutual fund complexes were really not um, as able to participate in the new market issuance in the high-yield space, which approximately was reduced about 40% year-over-year. And it also allowed for non-traditional participants in the high-yield municipal fund space to enter into the market. That's really interesting. So you saw some uh, crossover buyers um, in the primary and in the secondary, or was it more opportunistic in in certain places with certain deals? A little bit of both, Seth. We definitely saw some new buyers uh, in the primary. And then as uh, challenges abounded for some credits and sectors in 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 the trading markets, in the secondary market, we certainly saw opportunistic entities come in. And what was really interesting in in terms of what we were seeing last year was not only did we see um, interest rates increase on an absolute basis, we saw credit spreads widening for lower rated and non-rated credits. And and let me me put that into context for you. So for instance, we started uh, the year 2022 with MMD at about Uh, 1.5%, and it ended the year at about 358. So that's a net increase of 208 basis points. To compare, the Bloomberg High Yield Index started the year at a 313, 
and ended the year at a 583, which is a net increase of 270 basis points, which also shows at least 60 basis points of credit widening. So what's happening here is the fixed income high yield municipal market is actually becoming a venue in which there is opportunity for attractive yields, particularly on a tax-adjusted basis. Okay. Yeah, and uh, for our listeners who aren't aware, the MMD is municipal market data. They set the benchmark for uh, tax-exempt offerings. Um, so when we take a look at that, that spread between the MMD and what the Bloomberg High Yield Index showed, it, it, it gives us a sense that there's a difference of 60 basis points between the benchmark and the actual performance of the high yield index. And that's where you see, and maybe uh, alternative investors see the opportunity for high yield municipal bonds. Yeah, and let me dig a little bit more deeply um, for those listeners that are less familiar with MMD. So that's really a benchmark triple A rate. And we're going to compare that benchmark triple A rate to a high yield rate. So that would include some triple B's and lower, um, lower rated credits, as well as non-rated credits at all. So that would be an average there. And the, the point I'm trying to make is not only did you see, you know, a 208 basis point increase in your triple A level, you're actually now seeing um, a, a significant increase of 270 basis points on your high yield credit. So you're seeing your high yield spreads or your high yield rates increasing just on an absolute basis and then from a credit spread perspective. Uh, and then what I would further overlay on that is that that 583 is an average. So that might include some AAA credits or some commodity type high yield trading names like um, uh, tobacco of Puerto Rico, but it also similarly may include some larger high yield non-rated credits that are yielding higher levels. So what, what we're seeing here is a trend of uh, interesting yielding credits. Some of them are story credits, but they become opportunities for analysts and funds that have the time and discipline to roll up their sleeves and truly try to understand a credit story. You have your finger on the pulse of a lot of high yield municipal bond investors. And to that end, you were able to conduct a survey at the end of last year. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those results? Sure, and we're really proud of our survey. This is the second annual high yield impact survey that Hilltop Securities has performed. And Last year, we received 110 responses from a diverse group of market participants, including investors, sell-side intermediaries, advisors, rating analysts, attorneys, insurers, and other market participants. And this represented a 25% increase in our response rate year over year. And we came up with some really interesting results, and I'd like to share them with you, starting with senior living, skilled nursing, and project finance together comprise the sectors that are most concerning uh, to investors, which really highlights the financial vulnerability that's introduced to these sectors by labor shortages and wage pressures. Yeah, that's something that we're really seeing from our end too. Um, you know, not just in the, in the deals coming to the market, although when deals do come to the market, we see a lot of them go day to day pretty quickly. Um, but in talking to a lot of credit analysts, 
Um, foremost on their mind are uh, the fact that wages have increased so much for nurses um, and a lot of other staffing too, even if it's not skilled staff. Um, but the other thing too are investment losses that seem to be hitting healthcare, uh, in particular acute care hospitals in your more traditional sector. Um, do you see a lot of uh, debt service coverage and liquidity problems in that particular area? And how did your respondents feel about that? So that's a really important question. And what's happening here is for hospitals on average across the country, their operating margins are actually negative now, um, according to data calculated by Kaufman Hall. And so what's happening now is you, you take these negative operating margins and then you add to them the fact that 2021 was also a, a challenging year. You're adding compressed margins, challenging years in 2021, 2022, and you haven't seen a lot of relief with respect to either revenues or expenses in 2023. It's not leaving a lot of turning radius for hospitals and particularly the smaller hospitals um, with less liquidity are really feeling the pressures of the new operating environment. We are beginning to see more multi-notch downgrades and a lot of noise in, in certain hospital systems that are um, have significant leverage and significant fixed costs without a lot of opportunity to raise revenues. Understood. Um, part of the, I, I'm sure part of this operating costs that a lot of CFOs are wrestling with is the cost of capital, uh, particularly in the debt capital markets. Um, did your survey respondents have any outlook in terms of rates and where they expect to see spreads going in 2023? Yeah, another really good and insightful question. One of the first questions that we led off with in the high yield impact survey is if you looked at a traditional B, triple B rated credit, and um, if you had a guess if that same triple B credit was issued July 1, 2023, as compared to December 1 of 2022, would um, yields be the same, 50 basis points higher or 50 basis points lower? And this is really an interesting outcome and it's a reflection of how diverse our market thoughts are. We had 50% of our participants believing that that same 30-year security would have an extra 50 basis points on it. And um, the remaining 50% of the responders, 25% believe that yields would be flat, and 25% believe that yields will actually lower. Now, it is interesting to note in terms of those results that the survey data was collected between November 7th and, 22nd, and November 22nd. And that was really before we began to set, get a sense of a little bit of moderation in inflation adjustments. So I'm curious if we ask that question today, you know, would market responders believe that that 30-year rate would be flatter or maybe 25 basis point differential? But nonetheless, that is the survey result. Yeah, I would hope that the, the rate of the increases would abate a little bit. Um, I think that there were some expectations in some of the sell-side research I've read recently that, you know, at least the start of the year, you would have rate increases, but maybe at, at a lower rate of 25 to 50 basis points, um, which I think brings some comfort following about four rate increases in succession of 75 basis points. 
Um, so let's hope that maybe that moderates a little bit. Um, anything else from your survey that our listeners might uh, find interesting? Yeah, I do think it's interesting to note that within the land secured space, one of the key areas that investors really were focused on and looking to add uh, exposure to would be credits in um, Florida, Texas, uh, and California. And what fell off of that answer was Colorado, which in 2021 was one of the top four states. And what's happening in Colorado is the concern that because there is um, the need for not only construction, but homes and commercial valuation to come in at a particular level in order to generate the revenues that have been projected, that there's a little bit more concern in that sector moving into 2023. Yeah, the Colorado, I remember seeing a lot of Colorado dirt bonds or uh, I guess bonds backed by special assessments um, or, or tax increment financing. A lot of those actually were, were, were small in their notional amount, but there seemed to be a quantity of defaults or debt service draws or at least not meeting projections for the build outs that they had anticipated and underwritten. Um, I noticed that too. So. I guess we'll see how that market unfolds in 2023, uh, assuming that the housing market doesn't really have um, a turnaround this year, um, knowing that it fell off a little bit last year. Yeah, I think that's spot on, Seth. Um, in fact, according to data from MMA, Colorado Metro District accounted for 18 of 23 total impairments in the land secured sector last year. So it's a sector to keep an eye on. It doesn't mean that there aren't um, opportunities that have merit within the space. It just means it's another opportunity for analysts to really roll up their sleeves and know what they're buying and what the projections associated with that transaction look like. Okay. Um, any final thoughts from the perspective of a, a high yield analyst and, and what things are you going to be looking for as you peel apart a new crop of high yield deals this year? It's a great way to end our conversation. I think that the survey has really shown us, and frankly, we've heard directly from investors as we try to craft unique funding uh, capital solutions for Hilltop clients, is really the importance of liquidity and a proactive management team as fundamental ingredients to an attractive investment. So for instance, it, you know, it is fair to imagine that given supply side disruptions, a construction project might not be completed on time or quite as anticipated. So to the extent that there's additional liquidity uh, into the project or there's a strong management team involved in the project, then those two together, the management team could be proactive to know that there's going to be a delay and the liquidity will provide additional turning radius to ensure that there's sufficient cash in the project so you're not hitting a debt service reserve fund a year or two years after the, pro the, the bonds were issued. So I think what we're seeing and as we're heading into 2023 is really an underscored attention on liquidity and management as fundamental ingredients for project success over the medium term. Okay. Well, I hope we usher in a new year of credit analysis 
Um, I know when the mar bond market is frothy, people pretty much buy anything because they need to put that cash to work. Um, but a little discrimination can be a good thing in credit. I would agree with that. And again, you know, look, know what you're buying, uh, understand the transaction, understand whether or not the projections are attainable and then ultimately sustainable. And with a little pen to paper and analysis, I think that we are all poised to have a successful 2023. Okay. Well, Yafa, thank you so much for joining us.